Hello, everyone, and of course, welcoming you now to the podcast. This is Mikhail Fjellzinovich, and I am Michael's Russian and Italian uh, cousin. And since he has neglected his responsibilities as far as podcast goes, I will be uh, returning now to administer the podcast to your ears and hopefully everything will go off without hitches. Uh, what, <laughs> what if you had to listen to me <laughs> do a bad Russian accent for the next 45 minutes? Who knows? Hi, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Actually, this week, it's welcome to my podcast because I am Sans' co-host. Uh, I know we talked about this last week, but Zoya is going home. Uh, her mother is having surgery. I am going home in a couple of days to meet her. I just talked to her mom. Everybody sounds hopeful and nice, so send your prayers and your well wishes. And uh, hope everything goes good and hope we can uh, get on with our lives after this. Your thoughts. Um, so today is very interesting because not only do I not have a co-host or a lady, lady friend right now, but I also don't have my laptop because Mikey went ahead and left the charger at his work job that he goes to uh, in the writer's room of YouTube Nation. So that's there. And now I'm just recording into my H4N recorder, like uh, I believe Stone Cold Steve Austin does. So if anyone asks you from here on out who is the most like Stone Cold Steve Austin that you know, that would be me. Uh, you say Mike Falzone is a lot like Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then if you're kind of lost in the conversation after that, where they're like, how? You say, well, they record their podcast the same way. And they'll be like, well, how else? I didn't even know Stone Cold had a podcast. And then you just kind of trail off and you go do something. You go do whatever you want. Um, got some announcements, got some things I want to talk about, and got some questions locked and loaded. So it should go off without a hitch. One thing I want to warn you about for sure is the fact that there may or may not be any theme music because of the laptop situation. So I wanted to make sure I got another theme song in there, one that was almost identical to the other ones. So I recorded something on my Teenage Engineering OP1, uh, which is a little tiny portable synthesizer that I, I saw uh, my boy Mitchell Davis using. And I asked him what it was, and I got one. This is about six months ago at this point, and I'm in love with this thing. So here's the new theme music for Welcome to the Podcast. Ah. Uh, yeah, to the podcast. Podcast, yeah. It's like the same. All right, everybody. I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to start off by saying that uh uh we have a PO box. And funny enough, uh, wouldn't you know it, I left the address for the P.O. Box <laughs> in my car. So I <laughs> I'm having a week, you guys. Let's just move on. I'm sure we'll get to it. Um, I want to say that there is a brand new Hey, Shh, Don't t-shirt available um, for the month of October. I'm not sure. Okay, let me explain. 
So the original Hey Don't t-shirt, which is based on the Hey Don't videos, it's nice to have a t-shirt with some merchandise that just doesn't have your name or face on it every once in a while. I, I think. I think. And you can get those things at DFTBA.com or MikePalzone.com. But um, the original one is red and has kind of beige writing on it. And this new one is dark gray and it has like neon pink writing on it uh, to support. Thank you, Plain. To support um, uh, breast cancer research for the month of October since it's breath, can- breath, breath Cancer Awareness Month. Bad. Very bad. Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Excuse me. Um, and uh, all uh, my cut for that T-shirt for any T-shirts sold um, pre-ordered now or in the month of October will go 100% to uh, breast cancer research. And uh, that's only from my cut. So DFTBA's cut of the T-shirts will go to manufacturing the T-shirts because they need to come from somewhere. And then any money that would have come to me is going directly to charity. So go ahead and look at dftba.com for that kind of stuff. And yeah, what did I do this week, man? Uh, This week was kind of exciting, and I tried desperately to catch up on some sleep, but that never happens. My dad told me a a long time ago that you can't catch up on sleep and that it's always you're you're running after a train at that that point. Um, If you only get two hours and you try to make up the other 187 the next day, that's never going to happen, and you're always just going to be tired. So I don't know why I keep trying to do it, but I do know that I need sleep, so I keep attempting it. And it's like that time I try to learn the butterfly from all the girls in um, middle school. All the girls try to teach me to dance the butterfly. And I just kept going and kept trying to do it, but I knew deep in my heart that it would never happen. So this week, one of the many things that happened was... I was asked uh, by actually uh, Nikki, soundly awake Nikki, Nikki Foti, uh, that uh, he could he had to go back to the East Coast this week as well, and he could not film a YouTube taping of the Family Feud that he was doing with a couple other friends of ours, including but not limited to uh, Shannon Coffey and Megan Tonjes. So they asked me to do it, and they told me that I could assemble my own team, which was... I can't imagine, as an 80s and 90s kid, um, it's obviously all of our dreams to somehow get on the family feud. Uh, If you say that it wasn't or you say that you don't like the family feud, we cannot be friends, nor would we be if we had just met kind of serendipitously. If we had just met each other on the street at a Pete's Coffee or something like that, and I said, oh, man, I love the family feud, and you were like, ah, that show doesn't do anything for me, we would never be friends. I'll tell you that right now. Sorry if that ruins it for anybody. But uh, we got to be on the family feud. And we were behind podiums and smacking buttons and playing fast money. And it was a dream come true. And I can't tell you the outcome of this uh, little tournament that we had. Uh, But I do know that these episodes will be all over my social media. Uh, There's the cousin coming back real quick. They'll be all over social media. Um, when they do come out and that they will be awesome and I know that you will enjoy it. Um, I didn't really set out to, uh, I'll say it right now. I didn't set out to win the tournament. Okay. When I was assembling my team, my number one 
uh, focus was having the funniest team possible made up of available people to come that day. So my team was Steve Zaragoza of uh, SourceFed fame, who that was our first day, like hanging out, hanging out. And I had a great time with him. He came highly suggested by Elliot Morgan, who could not make it. Uh, a lot of people home this weekend. Hope everybody's all right. And I give my best to everyone's families and life. Good. Broad statement. Um, and uh, Haltamava, or Ava Gordy, Halt I Am Ava, on, um, on YouTube. She was my other partner. And we just had a great time. Everyone's... <laughs> it's the family feud, right? So you're supposed to be with family. And we were the only ones who really wanted to push that theme forward. And we, we all came up with obnoxious team names, which was another fun thing. It's like the best part of being in a band is coming up with a band name. So we got to sit down and make an obnoxious team name, which we did, which we tweeted out in pictures and stuff like that. You'll be able to see. I think it was called Simulated Sects, which like sect, like religious sect. And uh, good times were had by all. And uh, as soon as that stuff comes out, you will see it for sure. Uh, without a doubt, we wanted to be we wanted to be in the funniest episodes of that show, and I think that we did. <laughs> I think that we did that. Um, moving right along, it's Octubre times. I don't have to tell you that, am I right? Um, Octubre is my favorite times because it is my birthday times and it is autumnal equinox time or known as the fall, or as I like to call it, the fail, <laughs> right? Because uh, because uh, the leaves are, <laughs> what do you do in leaves? You're supposed to be on the trees, <sighs> and, and then you're not, and you fall to the ground, but it's really like failing, <laughs> because you're supposed most leaves live on trees and you're not now you're on the ground so that's a fail um so that's what i call it now uh all throughout my adolescent times and my even my prepubescent times uh we would have uh once in a while we'd have a birthday party at my house i had very few like friend birthday parties mainly because i had very few friends um but they would my friends would all come over to my house in like sixth grade and stuff like that and do like Halloween themed regular birthday kid things like instead of uh, pin the tail on the donkey game because we didn't have TV and shit like that. Um, we would do like pin the bones on the skeleton, the creepy skeleton man. So like there would just be like a torso <laughs> and a skull hanging on the garage that my mom would tape up there. And we would have to, like, get blindfolded and feel the the bones that we were given. Like, oh, this feels like a femur. <laughs> All of the, uh, the smartest kids will be yelling at the blindfold dizzy kid to put the femur on the upper-legged portion of the um, truncated skeleton at that point. And usually some kind of orange cupcakes and a bunch of other things. But... The most important conversation or thought process that happens during this point in anyone's life is you got to start thinking about good Halloween costumes. 
And uh, I know we throw to the 10-minute podcast every once in a while. I'm going to do that now because when I first started listening to them, uh, it's a 10-minute podcast made by Crystalia, Will Sasso, and Brian Callen. One of my first episodes that I ever heard from them was called, uh, it's something, Adult Halloween or something like that. And Chris talks about not feeling the need to dress up as a grown-up. And it's hilarious. So you should definitely go listen to that. Uh, not instead of this, in addition to, in addition to this. So I, I think about stuff like that every once in a while when I think about dressing up. When somebody's like, what are you going to be for Halloween? My immediate reaction is to be like, okay, what wrestler could I dress up as? And that's been my re- immediate reaction since the age of like eight. And so I don't know what's wrong with my brain. And then like some people just straight up dress in puns. And there's something to be said for that. I mean, I think that's relatively smart. I, my problem is I always think of the best Halloween costumes the day after Halloween happens. And then you're not thinking about it every day. You're not thinking about it for 364 days after that. So then you're, you're, the next year rolls around and you're just like, what? Uh, I had something. I know I had something for like 300 days and it just escaped me. I remember that back in college, I I feel like college was the quintessential uh, college and right out of college were like the best costume years. I was Russell Brand one year and uh, my friend Heather, we were hanging out in Boston. That used to be our thing. We used to go out in Boston, which is a great time. If you'd like, if you're in or around the area, whenever we went out for Halloween in Boston, those are those were good times. So uh, I was Russell Brand. I was Zangief from Street Fighter. I'll try to find pictures of all this stuff. I don't know if that's going to happen. But uh, it was uh, all all good in the hood there. And I have no idea what I'm going to be this year. What are you guys going to be? Tweet me your, your suggestions and pictures of your own selves. And uh, I have no idea what I'm going to be. Going back to the puns thing, in college, like I was saying before, man, my mind is fragmented. Good luck listening to this. This is why you need a co-host. Um, so my friend Leslie, I remember one year, just kind of wore jeans and a t-shirt, and she had a tiny, one of those tiny little like five-cent water guns that you would win out of something or get free from a kid's birthday party or something like that. And uh, she had a cardboard cutout of a cloud hanging around her neck. And when anybody ever asked her what she was, she would say, I'm cloudy with a chance of rain. And then she would squirt the person in the eyes with um, the water gun. Transition. Hey, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much for still being with us here. Um, So I was cleaning out my closet. Uh, that's not like a euphemism for anything. I was legit cleaning out the closet, uh, to find a cord so I could plug in the mic to the H4N that, so we could record the podcast. And I stumbled upon an expensive cell phone accessory that I had at one time, probably about two years ago when I had the, uh, the galaxy S phones. I don't know if you guys are into the iPhones, the galaxy phones, the iPhone six, the iPhone six plus doesn't matter because by this point they all do the same shit and we're just running around in circles and changing sizes. Um, so I found this thing that I think it was made by Duracell 
and it's just it looks like a black shiny piece of plastic it's probably like three by six looks kind of like an envelope maybe but you just lay it on your desk and you would put this case uh this compatible case on your phone and then you would just lay the phone down on this shiny black thing and it would charge your phone and i remember thinking that this was the coolest thing and for like five six months it was totally the coolest thing i had it in my office in my studio in connecticut uh, that I had with my boy Steve and I would just literally whenever my phone was out of batteries I would just lay it on this thing it would just be next to me and it would be charging and I wouldn't have to look for you know an outlet because it was always attached to the outlet and uh, I would just be working at my computer and essentially just putting my phone down and it would charge and it was awesome but now like I would say less than two years removed from that I have no use for it. And I remember it being like a hundred bucks and now it's just in a box somewhere. So if anyone has a galaxy phone and already has the compatible case and wants this thing, you let me know. But I'm saying like, excuse me, keep that in mind when you're buying cell phone stuff. I mean, our, we live in such a way now since cell phones came out, I guess, since it's such a new technology that it changes so rapidly and people are always like, I was talking to a friend, I'm not going to say which friend, but I was talking to a friend recently and she was like, oh, I've already been looking up cases for my iPhone 6. <laughs> I was like, you don't have an iPhone 6 yet, just like the phone. And uh, I don't know, cases are important because you want to keep it nice looking, but um just just be careful. If you think here's the thing. Here's here's what we're getting to here. If we're going to have one definitive uh point to this whole thing. If something seems too expensive for your phone, then it is without a doubt because regardless, you're not going to like it or need it in a year or a year and a half unless you've, you know, you hit that point where you're like 35 and you're fine with like one phone for the rest of your life. These are the deepest thoughts that I've ever had. I got a couple more bullet points, and then I'll start doing questiones. Let's take a break for our sponsors. Great. Definitely buy some of that. <laughs> uh, what else did I write down here? Uh, how I know my girlfriend has all the power in the relationship. Okay, so <laughs> check this out. I, uh, As I normally do... Um, I fell asleep on the couch last night and Zoya, AKA coffee lady hasn't been here for about a week or so. And I fell asleep on the couch. And then when I woke up, usually the first thing I like to do when I wake up, I don't know if this is healthy. I don't know if you do it. I don't know if I'm the only person, I don't know if I should stop, but I usually like read online articles on my phone and I look at like vine and Instagram. When I wake up, it's just like a mindless kind of nice thing to do in the morning rather than just like, well, you know, you don't want to get out of bed and I know I'd want to stop staring at the ceiling desperately. So I just fucking, I look at my phone and I like things. So I'm looking at this stuff and I'm looking at vine and I notice that the vine is kind of loud. I probably, I just woke up, the house is dead silent and then my phone 
uh, jolts me awake by being the loudest. And my first instinct is to turn it down because Zoe is still sleeping and I want to be uh, respectful of that. I don't want to wake her up because she sleeps like a human being and I sleep like a goldfish sleeps and you tap on the glass and then they're just up forever and stressed out and going around in circles. That's my life. So, uh, Zoya is not here. So I was like, Oh my God, I got to shut this. I turn this phone down. And I've done that every day since she's left. And I think I'm conditioned <laughs> now. And, uh, that's how I know that my girlfriend has all the power in the relationship. So that's a nice little test is how considerate you are of other people. I remember being a, a young roommate in college and right out of college, and I think I was shitty. Uh, in college, I've talked about this before too, I had like sophomore year, I think. Fre well, let's go all the way down. Freshman year, I just had a pile of garbage in my room, and we were like fucking proud of it, and it was disgusting. Sophomore year, I had dreadlocks and wore, like, fucking basketball sweatpants shorts all the time. And I just smelled and wrote music and was shitty and hardly went to class. And then something happened junior year where I cut my hair and started caring about stuff. So I <laughs> started going to class, but I think I was still a shitty roommate. That was just messy. I didn't care. Uh, and I didn't understand, like, that cleaning something and making sure something is clean and uh, cleaning before you leave so you can come back to a clean environment really helps your entire life out. It, it makes you want to do more. It makes it easier to be productive. And I don't know why it was fighting it so hard because you need to take the time. You need to take like the half an hour, 45 minutes that it takes to clean out of anything else you'd rather be doing. Like making out with uh, people or playing video games or getting drunk. Oh, it takes an extra 45 minutes when I could really be at the calf eating scrambled eggs and chicken patties until none of my clothes fit anymore. But uh, didn't want to say no to that kind of stuff um, until I started dating seriously out of college. And then, you know, you're early 20s or whatever roll around and you realize that girls don't want to hang out with you in your apartment if it's messy because that's kind of a sign that you don't care about yourself. <laughs> uh, no, it's not that drastic. But, I mean, kind of. Uh, you got to keep your, keep your shit clean. It's good for your health. It's good for your mental health and well-being. And uh let's see how can we tie this in oh zoya taught me a lot of that shit because she cleans like she's obsessive compulsive which is bad probably just for her nerves but great for the house because everything is always shiny and uh oh we did that whole thing on on bleach you remember that she's legitimately in love with with bleach and there's something to be said for that because the house is always nice to come into and that's by design um, speaking of by design, Ello. The fuck is Ello? Am I right? Um, I started getting these invitations from friends of mine. Thank you, Dan and others. Uh, for this new social network called Ello. And I, from what I understand, it was invented by seven graphic designers or some kind of designers. 
And it's just this very bare bones social media site uh, that I don't know what to do with. And I don't know if I want one, but I got one. Um, my name on there is just Mike Falzone like it is anywhere else. But my immediate reaction to this was like, oh, good. Another social media site that I have to upkeep. And as like an entertainer, uh, another social media site that I have to think of humorous and meaningful content for and you know think about what I'm putting up there and think about who I'm sharing it with and thinking about how I could use this site like no one else uses it to push it forward and I'm kind of so sick of that kind of stuff and I've had just back and forth like mental struggles with Facebook recently and I can't believe that I don't know. I got some hangups about about Facebook that mainly with like the fan page stuff, the way it works is let's say I have, you know, 10,000 people on my fan page thing. Essentially, I got those people somehow in some way, shape or form to go over to Facebook and click like. Right. And then if I want to put something on there. My goal is that all the people who made the effort to take time out of their lives and click like on this page, that they would see what I put up there because I think that's only right. I brought people into this house that you built and no one would be in this house that you built if I didn't bring them here. No one would be in this particular room of this house that you built, this room being my fan page if if I didn't bring them there. So then it tells you that for the whole audience to see it, for everyone in this room to see it, you're going to have to give us money. And it's like, I filled up the room. I could just bring them to another room. And I think that's what these Elo people have hopefully tried to stumble upon. But I mean... Do you want to make the effort to move 10,000 people into another room? I would kind of just, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I would rather just shut the door <laughs> to the room and then we'll all just like find each other and you could just say, I don't want to like herd people, you know, that's shitty. I feel like you just like you sign up for whatever and you just make it known that you as a person are on the internet and then wherever you guys feel the most comfortable listening to or watching or wherever you just go there and you enjoy yourself there. And I'm not one to be like, follow me here, do this thing, do this thing. You live your life and keep being awesome. And I will do my best to entertain you when you feel like being entertained. That went to a place. That's how I feel about Ello, I guess. Um, Oh, one thing before we get into questions that I wanted to ask you guys about was uh, I got my second loot crate, and it was pretty cool. It was like an intergalactic-type loot crate thing. So it was like mostly space stuff and Alien vs. Predator and Star Wars and Star Trek, and I'm not into most of that stuff, but it was still nice to, to get the crate. Um, I recorded a uh, like an unboxing video, and I don't know if that's right for my channel. I think that might be like too just out of the ordinary, I guess. So I wanted to ask you guys where you would want to see something like that, if you would want to see something like that. And just asking. Uh, I have no problem with, like, I recorded the stuff, and I have no problem, like, 
not doing anything with it if no one has the desire to see it. But uh, I figured that I would ask you guys. All right, man, let's get into some questions. Can we get some question music? Great. Uh, what is happening here? Okay. Uh, anything you want to say? Okay, Joshua Flesher says, anything you want to say to Pomplamoose in case I meet them, seeing them tonight at Chapel Hill, uh, in Chapel Hill. No, you can just say hi to them for me if you'd like. Um, hello, Natalie. Hello, Jack. Jack is obviously a, um, you know, one of the founders of Patreon, which is how we fund this podcast and uh, a small portion of our lives at patreon.com backslash Mike Falzone. So if you're going to say anything to him, go ahead and say thank you for uh, this whole thing and for helping artists um, make art with significantly less stress in their life is what they've done with patreon.com because it's incredibly hard to be an artist because um, a lot of people appreciate it and then it's uh, it's just very hard. <laughs> it's very hard because a lot of people, the people who get it appreciate it and the people who don't are like, what are you doing with your life? And it it takes a lot to get to a certain point to not care about what the second half of people think. And uh, that causes a lot of stress. And for years, oh my goodness, uh, speaking of thinking back at, to when I was like in my early 20s and in college and stuff like that, I had multiple nights when I was just like on my mom's shoulder crying, asking her if I'm not supposed to be a musician because... I couldn't figure out, you know, just financial things in my own life because I was working one or two jobs constantly and then trying to be a musician, comedian at the same time. And uh, if you choose this life, there's a lot of earning your bumps and there's a lot of like stress that comes along with it. And things like Patreon, once you have, you know, the means to have an audience set up, letting the audience help you if they choose to is such a beautiful part of making it easier for artists to create things that people enjoy. Because I, I think a lot of the people take the value out of what art is and it's real easy to say, Oh, you just make music or you just make things on the internet. And then some people, you just make cat videos on the internet, right? I'm like, absolutely. But, um, these things, hopefully as, as you know, you're the ones listening to the show, um, like I get messages all the time, like this video or this video helped me through this situation, or, you know, I don't even really relate to this video or this podcast, but just listening to it made this day better. Um, that has value and it's easy to lose sight of that when you have so much stress in your life and you're wondering if it's worth it to, you're wondering if it's worth it to help someone feel like that. Because you're worrying about like where food is going to come from or where if you're going to have somewhere to live next month. And I think um, that conversation gets lost a lot and Patreon makes that easier on us to a certain degree. Um, letting the people who we hopefully make feel good help us out a lot. And yeah, that's that. <laughs> that's that. Um, more questions. 
Oh boy, this is a this is a long one. Hold on. Brooke Ann says, "How do you stay motivated to do things? It's so easy for me to make lists and to plan slash set goals." Okay, somebody is obviously making or moving crates outside. Best pop, yeah, definitely drop it. Um, sticking to it or things sticking to a thing is a bit difficult. It goes with healthy eating, studying, really all aspects of life, and is frustrating because I know I have the capacity to lose weight, get A's, and to actually try my brain kind of shortcuts. Puts up a mental block, help a girl out. Okay, I feel you, girl. So, uh, Brooke Ann is trying to get motivated. Um, I've actually had this question a lot recently, which means it'll probably turn into a video at certain points. Uh, and I've, I've hit on it in other videos, but I think the most important part for me is like, I always think about what life will be like if I don't push myself to do stuff and I don't like it. <laughs> um, I, this is, it's coming from a really weird place, but I, I played this UFC video game and during the inner like the loading screens, they have quotes from certain people. And one of the quotes is, you know, hell is meeting the type of person that you should have been, or it's something like that. Um, hell is meeting the person like you should be if you tried or, or something like that. I think about that shit all the time. And I'm like, what if I'm not trying hard enough? And all I had to do was try a little bit more and imagine meeting that person. That would be hell. That is like worst case scenario. And whenever I have a lot to do, just like things around the house or like, you know, things like going to the doctor or going to the, I, I don't know, anything. Something that you don't necessarily want to do right away, but you know that you have to do. Um, schoolwork is one of them. Like, just think about how much shittier your life is going to be if you don't do them. Um, maybe not in the in the broad scheme of things, but just say like, I don't know. There's a question coming up about midterms. Like, why are there midterms? First of all, great question. Second of all, if you okay, say you're leading up to midterms and you start like not doing your homework and shit like that. All of a sudden, you're not going to have as good of a grasp on the material. So you're going to start doing shitty on quizzes. going to start doing shitty on tests. By the time midterm comes, you're just going to be like fucking getting drunk every night and worrying about like, Oh man, I can't wait till midterms are over. And people put so much stress on themselves, but just like kind of know what's going on the whole time. And, um, you take the little steps so that the big steps don't seem like leaps and jumps and, um, as scary. It's like you're trying to secure your footing before you take a big jump or something like that. You can't be stumbling into your big jump. Visualization of real-life concepts is what we do here on Welcome to Our or My Podcast. Uh, let's get some more questions. I tried to do the thing that Coffee Girl does where she takes the screen grabs of the questions I tried it, and I can't do it. Okay, here we go. Kodehi, longtime Patreon supporter. Kodehi says, where have all the cowboys gone? Question mark. Uppercase, where? Lowercase, I ask. Question mark. Exclamation point. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. 
I don't know, Cody. I used to work at the Versus Network uh, as a PA, and we used to do bull riding all the time, professional bull riding. That shit was on TV, uh, real tough. Um, so I know for a fact that there are still cowboys, and they do still ride bulls uh, for the amusement of many, many people the, the world over. Um, there are country music people. Those are cowboys. And uh, there are, I'm trying to think, are there still bars with saloon doors? Cowboys hang out there. I think they like the squeak and the, the swing of the doors. Your thoughts. Um, there was one question that's been asked a couple times by this guy, Chewy, uh, Jesus Enrique, that says, <clears throat> do you think being a gentleman counts as being sexist? Um, so I guess part of me sees what you're saying, like treating other people a different way just because they're of a certain sex is I guess like technically sexist if you want to say that. But um, being a gentleman is just the way I understand it. It's just being a guy and also being very nice. And a lot of the most important thing that guys need to grasp when it comes to being nice is that you need to be nice and not expect anything in return. If you're... Um, you know, putting your coat down in puddles so that girls could walk over it and opening doors and giving girls compliments and expecting that to immediately blossom into one niceness from them or a relationship or a conversation. If you're expecting anything, if you're doing stuff just because you expect something back, I think that is wrong and sexist. If you're being a nice person, then it should be fulfilling enough to just be a nice person and to do these nice things for people and to get joy and fulfillment out of being selfless. So I think <laughs> being a gentleman is just the sexist term for being a man and being selfless. But uh, I think that's the thing. It's like the devil is in the details. Well, the devil is in the intentions, right? I don't know. I'm just a dude who has a internet. <laughs> All right, everybody. I think that's a good place to leave off. Thank you so much for joining me on the first and hopefully last lonely cast that I've done. Um, we talked about it a bunch of times already. I want to say thank you so much to our Patreon supporters. These are the people who help us make, um, I'm not going to say stress-free, but way stress-less art. Thank you for letting us do this for you and thank you thank you so much for letting us do this for you and thank you so much for your support and um without further ado here's uh here's some of our patreons cody brad cover joseph palka matthew godman mr matt god uh stephen kelly who i talked to last night ebony tweedley stephen g stephen hanning so many stevens right you guys uh, and Adrian Crovetto, thank you so much. Um, to all of our people waiting for their um, welcome to your mailbox packages, those will be sent out. 
if you want to know what I'm talking about, go to patreon.com backslash Mike Falzone and you'll see the different ways that you could support us and what you get in return for that kind of stuff. And thank you so much for joining us. This was kind of fun. And now I'm going to go not talk for a long time. All right, guys. Peace.